When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Rob Bruin, T. Rose, back on the Believe in NBA Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Feels good to be back. So many things have happened, but we just here with you guys on another Tuesday. Troy, talk to me. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Feel good to be back. Another week to be doing this show. And unfortunately, you know, they decided today would be the perfect day to do construction outside of my building, outside of my window. So I'm live from I'm I'm live from the closet today. No <laughs> no 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 funny business intended, but I'm live, you know, I'm in my closet, man, with my shirts, my shoes, my but I mean the, the job has to get done and we here, so I ain't complaining at all. Well, you guys, you know the vibes. Bronny is looking real bouncy in the new video on the gram. He looks like he's grown a little bit as well. Raptor signed Nick Nurse to an extension, which we think he's well deserved of. Brianna Taylor's family is in the process of landing a multi-million dollar settlement and so many more topics for you guys. All right, bro. So talk to me. Bronny James showing off the wicked bounce. I'm talking, he did the windmill, threw it through the cradle. At Sierra Canyon, looks like he was in the facilities. Uh, does it look to you like he really grew at all? Uh, what'd you get from that video? Well, that was the first thing I noticed in watching the video. I definitely felt that it looked like Bronny had got a couple more inches on him as far as his height growing. And it actually looked like he's filled out a little bit as far as maybe even getting into the to the weight room. Yeah, but again, I I, we have to commend the fact that his athleticism and his bounce has definitely gotten better. I mean, we were just watching him a year ago, you know, getting rim grazers. And now we got him this year doing windmill Throwing it with ease. Tomahawks, all type of stuff. So I'm definitely excited to see that. But you know, you know me, I'm always critical of looking at pickup or looking at mm-hmm. highlights in the gym. You know what I mean? It looks good, but I want to. I'm definitely hoping to see some of that as uh, Sierra can possibly be able to suiting up sometime soon. Yeah, man, I I really like what I saw with Bronny because, like like you said as well, it looks like he got taller. It looks like he got a little bit more weight on him. I'm gonna say he's looking like he's around like. 6'3", maybe shot 6'4", a little bit, because, you know, he got he got the extra hair on top of his head. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see. I think that weight is going to be great for him, you know, as he is, you know, making those moves to get to the basket. He can be able to absorb the contact more. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a good little teaser, you know. Basketball season is coming back up. And, uh, yeah, I, I like what I saw. Likewise, my brother, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him suit up as far as that and his teammate, Amari Bailey. I know you mm-hmm. recently sent me some of his highlight tapes and, and checking out this kid, seeing that he's going to be teamed up with Bronny James. I'm definitely excited to see what these two young fellas can do. The lefty out of Chicago. What you think about him? Man, see, the thing with Amari Bailey is this. I always noticed that he had a decent little game to him, right? So... You know, we, we got to give our flowers. Huge shout out to the No Chill Pod with Gilbert Arenas 
and Mike Bonicello uh, definitely doing their thing over there. Gilbert Arenas is teaching so many of the young guards and uh, the bigs just what it means to be a real athlete, to be an NBA pro-level athlete, right? So Amari Bailey was on the show, and I just, I just learned so much about him. Had no idea he was from Chicago. Didn't know he was a huge competitor. I mean, I knew he was a lefty because, I mean, you know a lefty when you see him. I didn't know that he had Kansas and Kentucky. Yeah, we know. You're a lefty. We know. We know. Where are we? <laughs> Look at you. You ready? You know. I didn't know that he had Kansas and Kentucky on his radar. So from what I've seen, a couple of um, sources are saying that Kentucky and Kansas, they, they keep in touch with him on a regular basis. And um, he just talked about how he's just willing to work on his game. He's not really – he's with all the smoke. He's down to compete against anybody, and he talked about really how he had to grow in terms of his game and just learning how to be himself as a guard, you know, knowing when to score, knowing when to get everybody involved. And I really like his energy, to be 100% honest with you. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this upcoming year, and it's going to be very exciting to see what him and Bronny can put together because I'm almost positive Bronny is going to get way more minutes this year. And to piggyback off of what you said, not only does I like it, do I like his energy, but I like his pace. And watching him play, he's not someone I feel plays faster than he needs to. He understands mm-hmm. how to control the game. He understands how to ball handle. And he could be explosive. He can get to the basket. He could finish. He got a little jelly roll if need be. But if he need to go up and finish strong, he can do that as well. So this kind of actually kind of becomes a little scary hearing him teaming up with Bronny James and what them two are going to be able to do in that backcourt. Yeah, Sierra Canyon is definitely um, – that's going to be one because now, like, when we push into the future, what I'm really thinking now is if that Oak Hill game does happen, like we were talking about last week, Dior Johnson is going to have his hands full dealing with them two in the, in the backcourt. You know what I'm saying? Now that I'm really thinking about it, everyone's hyped up about Bronny James and Dior Johnson. Is he going to be able to check Amari Bailey? And he has sneaky bounce, bro. He's 6'4", 170. I thought he was around 6'2". So, I mean, it makes sense when I see him jump off two feet and, and he's throwing it with ease. So, I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, that's to be determined, man. We'll definitely have to see. And Amari Bailey, he's no one to be played with. And Bronny James Mm-mm. isn't either. But Dior Johnson has definitely made sure that his, his some respect has to be on his name, too. So, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup if we're possibly able to get those two teams to face off. But that'll, that'll be something we have to see if, if the league lets happen. Raptors signed Nick Nurse to an extension. Is the NBA coach of the year well-deserving of this or not? Nick Nurse deserves this 1,000%. I mean, he's put in his work. When you talk about taking a team like the Toronto Raptors and turning them into a championship team by being led by a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you know, having 111 wins, 42 losses in a regular season, I mean, I feel like the proof is in the pudding. And I think now that he's being compensated for the work that he's put in after losing Kawhi and still taking his team to being, if I'm not mistaken, third or second in the um, in the Eastern Conference, making a very, very strong playoff push on top of losing, you know, Kawhi Leonard, who ultimately went to the Clippers, having guys like Kyle Lowry stepping up, being a leader on the court, taking those young guys and those those older guys who aren't as experienced, guys like Fred Van Bleek, guys like Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka is still proving himself to be durable. So I think taking all those pieces on top of having his leadership, I think it's without a question that he deserves this contract extension. What I really like about Nick Nurse is his growth. You know, to be able to push from the G League and be able to manage and be ready for that position because the Raptors 
were always in the conversation in the East. They just couldn't get out of the East. And then as soon as they got Kawhi, it was an immediate shift, right? So I think he stepped into a situation. It would have been nice to see Dwayne Casey be able to bring them to the promised land, but not to take anything from Nick Nurse. Well-deserving. I hope he gets as much money as possible. And, uh, yeah, th- throw some stats in there for us. How many uh, games have the Raptors won so far since they were under Nick Nurse? 111 and 42 losses. Yeah, that's the guy's solid. not playing. He He's hasn't not. even lost fi- He hasn't even lost 50, yeah, 50 games. games. Yeah. You know, so I think, I mean, that, that in itself has shown that on top of, yes, we have to always acknowledge the fact that he did have a star like Kawhi Leonard. But I think the thing that has proven that it was no gimmick was to take the team like the Raptors and still being as strong as they were in the East and making the type of playoff push that they made, forcing the game seven in round two with the Boston Celtics. So I think able to, you know, being able to go up with those type of talents and still be able to show that you're, you're a team to be reckoned with, I'm, I'm only excited to see what they could possibly do in the offseason or what other pieces they can possibly get to continue to build on this strong team that they have. Yeah, I can't knock that. Clippers Nuggets, so much to touch on with this. Is the pressure on Kawhi? What do the Clippers really need to do to win? And how many role players do they need to secure this win against the, the Nuggets? I know you're the stat man, but I got a couple stats for you. Let me hear them. Kawhi Leonard had 25 points at 8 to 18. He grabbed eight boards. Playoff P had 33 points. 9 21 from the field. Grabbed six boards. Zubak had two points and 12 rebounds. Lou Williams had 14 points. Michael Green had 11. If they're going to win this, this series, me and you both know it's about the supporting cast in the playoffs. The superstars are going to do what they're going to do at all times. Now, what Lou Williams does, Jermichael Green does, these role players, they have to fill that void for the nights where Kawhi isn't getting 30, you know? I, I think that they have to be more effective. And tonight, the pressure's on Kawhi, but there's a lot of pressure on Paul George. He can't leave Kawhi Leonard. Like, Kawhi can't have 40 tonight and Paul George has 15. You see what I'm saying? Like, he really has to ball out tonight. So I originally was really saying that this is a lot of pressure for Kawhi because out of all of the situations he's been in, when he played against the Heat, when he played against last year, KD-less Warriors, the battle for L.A. to me is the biggest thing right now in terms of his career. Because now he's that guy, and who doesn't want to be crowned king of L.A., especially with King James there. So that's big bragging rights to have. And I would never put an asterisk by his championship last year because somebody had to win, right? But me and you both know a health Golden State is a completely different series. I agree. If, if, if Golden State has all their pieces, obvious, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson – if they if they have guys like that Steph Curry if they have their if they if they have their valuable pieces which they did have Steph Curry but he ultimately ended up getting hurt moving into the next season but yeah if they have all their pieces then I, I do agree that I feel like it becomes a different series as far as Toronto Raptors winning the national championship but I mean it, it, that wasn't the circumstance so we have to you know, have to give credit when due and they did what they needed to do to, to close out the series and when they have their if they if they have their valuable pieces which they did have Steph Curry but he ultimately ended up getting hurt moving into the next season but yeah if they have all their pieces then I, I do agree that I feel like it becomes a different series as far as Toronto Raptors winning the national championship but 
I mean, it, it, that wasn't the circumstance. So we have to, you know, have to give credit when due, and they did what they needed to do to, to close out the series and win a championship. Now moving forward to Clippers being in a position that they're in right now in a game seven situation up against the Denver Nuggets, I do think it's a tremendous amount of pressure on a guy like Kawhi Leonard and a guy like Paul George, just solely based on the fact that everyone expected you guys to be in this position mm-hmm. as far as going as far as going this far in the playoffs. A lot of people didn't expect Denver to go this far, and they certainly didn't expect them to be able to take it to a seven-game series against a team as favorite as the Los Angeles Clippers. So I think that it's a tremendous amount of pressure, but guys like Paul George have to be pivotal, and he had a big game last game. I think he had 30-plus points. So mm-hmm. when, when you have him being able to be productive, when you guys have guys like Lou Williams playing strong off the bench, Montrez Harrell, I think Jermichael Green. Where's has, Montrez Harrell been at? That's yeah, another actually, one. Yeah, exactly. You need you That's need Montrez Harrell. You need him to be big. So I think it is amount of pressure on them. But I think a team like Denver, they're hungry too. So you, you can't you can't discredit you can't discredit what they're doing. You got guys like Jokic playing big man ball down low, being able to facilitate, but also being able to stretch the floor and knock down the three. You got guys like Jamal Murray being strong, coming off the pick getting to the basket, knocking down shots, Grant playing strong. Paul Millsap has even showed spurts of being able to lead the team. Mm-hmm. So when you – and Gary Harris, who's actually showed promise. My former, former Michigan State guy, you know, he's he showed that he be able to be some help. You know, to be some help. I think he had 16 points last game and was a strong, strong part of uh, their defensive aspect. So I think that it's going to be very, very, very important for the Clippers to come out strong and not just do it from – the first first and second quarter, they need to do it all the way in through the third, the fourth quarter, because we saw in the last two games, they come out so strong in the first half, but when the second half hits, Denver hits that switch, and the Clippers seem a little discombobulated. So I mm-hmm. think now, if you guys are going to come out strong, you have to maintain that mentality all the way through. Doc Rivers said it best. It's, this, it's nothing magical about this. We have to go out and win. It's just that yeah. simple. So I think they need to keep that mindset and understand that a lot is at stake if these guys don't finish out this series tonight. But they also have to understand Denver's not going to give it to them. So if they want it, they better go take it. Yeah, and th- that's really the thing for me. You you can say that the Nuggets are young. You can say they're not experienced. But to come back from 3-1 within two series already, and they're not even at the finals yet, that's building momentum. That's building experience. Most young teams can't – what teams are we seeing really bounce back from 3-1? I mean, LeBron did it a few years ago. It's never really happened in the finals that many times when he did it, but not many teams are doing that. So for them to be that young and be as deep as they are, and I'll be the first to say, I think the Nuggets are deeper than the Clippers. When we're talking about going down the bench in terms of the role players, they got Torrey Craig. They got Michael Porter Jr. He's been a great help. They got Monte Morris, Gary Harris. I mean, Jokic had 34 and 14. Harris had 16. He had four turnovers, but he made up for it on a defensive end and grabbed four steals. Murray had 21. He shot nine of 13 from the field. That's exceptional. With five boards. I mean, Michael Porter, I know you've seen a couple of nights ago when Michael Porter left the earth on Montrezl Harrell. I know you saw. <laughs> that was so you was nasty. Te- you, was, you, you was texting was me before. So- <laughs> You was texting. You was texting me before the during the takeoff. Yeah, you was texting me before the ball was through the net, man. But I mean, that's someone that I also failed to mention. I failed to mention Michael Porter Jr. And excuse me for that. Great help. 
great. He's been he's been a tremendous help. Phenomenal. He's been a tremendous help. So that that's really where I'm looking at it. And um, just to even push it further, because I said it a couple days ago, I think the Nuggets are taking it tonight. This is going to be a nail biter. Mm. And I mean, I'll put you on the spot. I want you to give me a score. I'll go first. I'll say Nuggets, because something I noticed as well, when the Nuggets score at least 111 points, they win the game. Mm. Two of the games they had 111, the one, the other one that they won out of the three was 110. So 111 is the magic number. I think it's going to be a shootout. So tonight I'm going to go 122-115 Nuggets. I'm going 121-114 Clippers. Wow, you would do that. <laughs> Crazy. Clippers. Okay. Clippers. You got faith in your Clippers, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes for this energy. Sometimes it takes for, for your back being against the wall to understand that you got a lot at stake here, you know. And, Kawhi and better not he, lose. He better not he lose. Won't. He won't. And, and Paul George Kawhi right lose, there don't, don't, don't put him next to LeBron no more. Don't. He's already up there. He's uh, already up right. there. I guess. You that's, me. that's for another day. We can, have, we can talk about another day. Cause I just need Kawhi to pull through tonight because now it's the matchup. Mm-hmm. That's just how I see it. To be determined. We see tonight. Heat Boston, mm. Jimmy Buckets is the mm. real deal. We got your boy Bam Adebayo. That's we got guy. Tyler Hero. I mean, the, the list really goes on with them. Defensively sound. Then we got Boston, Kemba, Tatum, mm. Jalen mm. Brown. They managed to finesse their way past the Raptors. Is Jimmy Buckets more clutch than Tatum? Is experience or talent more important in this series. Who like who are the key factors on both sides for both teams to secure this win? And like what does the Heat and Boston like what do they have to do individually to secure these wins? So in this series between Boston and Miami, mm-hmm. I have Miami taking the series. Wow. And I think I do. I have that. my I have Miami taking the series. And I think the reason of that being is because you can trust just about everybody on their team as far as being able to be productive. When you talk about, obviously, Jimmy Buckets being able to go out there and be strong offensively, you know what type of juggernaut he can be on the defensive end. But then when you start thinking deeper into the outside of just their star players, when you start having young guys like Tyler Hero come up big down the stretch and able to knock down open and clutch shots, when you have guys like Duncan Robinson who could be productive, who can get his offensive load going, you have guys like Goran Dragic, who's still oh, shown yeah, to be very about Dragic, yeah. shifty. Who's shown to be who's very, very shifty. still shifty, still promising, still clutch. Mm-hmm. When you still have guys like him, and then a, a key element too to their to their offensive set and defensive set is Jay Crowder. I think he's yeah. become a key element in their offense. I almost look at him being just as valuable to Miami as Marcus Smart is to the Boston Celtics. So I think when you have the when you have that those key elements as far as Miami and not to mention Eric Spolster, who is one of the best coaches and I think a lot of times doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I think his situation is almost similar to Nick Nurse in Toronto when you talk about not necessarily having big names. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is a star, but he's not in the same category as far yeah, as... Yeah, they don't got him as a superstar, yeah. Yeah, he's not a superstar. He's a star, you know what I mean? So, just like Kyle Lahr, you can you can argue, but, you know, he's a star. He's an all-star mm-hmm. in this league. So, 
having not necessarily superstar talent, but still able to have some sort of talent that allows you to create a great system to now have a great team. I think Miami is going to be able to prevail when you talk about, you know, going up against Boston, but Boston's not going to be, Boston's not going to be an easy team to roll over with, but I think their biggest thing is going to be consistency. Is Kimball Walker going to be able to be consistent and be of help? I saw him struggle in that last series. Is Jason Tatum, is Jalen Brown going to take better shots? We obviously see Gordon Hayward's going to be out tonight. So yeah, out for game one. So I, I see there's a lot of question marks when you talk about Boston, but sometimes they always seem to get the job done and you can never write them off. So I'm, I'm just eager to see how, how interesting of a series is going to be, but I still have Miami taking this series in uh, six games. What? You're mad disrespectful. Four. You're mad. Four, two. Yo, you're Four, so two. disrespectful. 4-2, man. All right, let me get my piece off, man. 4-2. Only thing I'm worried about is Jimmy being clutch. Uh-huh. Because if we rewind the tape back to last year, Jimmy was in this situation. And we know Jimmy didn't forget about being in this situation when we all watched the ball bounce on the front of the rim two, three times, and Kawhi was feeling good. So when it comes to experience, that's really the scary part for me because Jimmy, in my opinion, is more experienced than the entire Celtics team. Then Kemba Walker, then Tatum, then Brown, then Marcus Smart. Not to mention Marcus Smart is is playing sensational. Like, all defensive first team, he made a huge block to keep that game so they could win the game. I mean, Marcus Smart, he, for me, is the glue right now. You know, he's scoring, he's grabbing rebounds, and he's putting his, his teammates in the right positions to score the ball. Jason Tatum has to be consistent. Jalen Brown can't continue to rely on his three-point shot. He has bounce. He has a decent mid-range jump shot. He has to use those. I think if the Heat even managed to go up 2-0 on Boston, I think that that's a bad situation. Not saying Boston can't come back from that, but I don't want to – if Boston, Boston can't go – neither one of these teams, I think, can go down 2-0 because it'll give the mm-hmm. other team the upper hand. So – With saying that, Tatum has to be the focal point. And Kemba Walker, he can't struggle. Like, he has to be – everyone has to to defer to him. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to the end of the game, he has to slow the the momentum down, and he has to take the shot. I mean, Tatum can put them in a situation, but I think Kemba Walker needs to bring him home. Yes, it's his first time being in the conference finals, but Kemba Walker most definitely has to do it. He's the leader, in my opinion. And seeing them get away by the skin of their teeth, I'll admit it. They just got that off against the Raptors because Kyle Lowry fouled out. And, yeah, Kemba has to be very consistent in this one. Otherwise, they're going to get blown out because Jimmy smells blood. Once he knows that you're nervous, is no taking that back. I agree. Kemba Walker is going to have to be the, the key player for Boston to, to prevail in this series. And if he's not able to play strong, I don't see them, I don't see them winning this series. I could agree with that. Oh, yeah, and just so you know, I got the Celtics, of course, 4-3. There's, there's no six games. There's no six games happening here. I got six. Okay, that's disrespectful, but that's fine. I'm fine with that. So your boy, the Greek Freak, um, follows all teammates and the Bucks organization. To me, that's the first step out the door. I mean, he, they, they, uh, sources reported that he had some meetings, sat down with the Bucks. What can you offer me? What's the situation? Gave him a few things to think about. But we already talked about this. Giannis is going to Portland. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is. I'm I'm afraid to tell you, my brother, but he's not going to Portland. Where is he going? 
He's staying uh, in Milwaukee. I understand that you have to create some type of question. You have to make people start to wonder. Gotta make them think. You have to make them speculate. And that's all he's doing. Because one thing that I picked up from the eight people that he still decides to follow outside of his family is Kobe Bryant. He's following Mm. Kobe Bryant still. So what's that mean? And I I think that Mamba mentality has his mind going. And one thing that Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant, was great at was being loyal to an organization. And I think that Giannis, I think he's sitting back understanding what this can be. And, yes, it may not be what you want it to be, and you guys aren't going as far as you think or should be going, especially as strong as they dominated the Eastern Conference. But I think if you give it time and allow the organization, one, to pay you top dollar, which they're willing to do, but also to be able to be able to go out and make some type of shifts, make some type of moves, develop some relationships and get some players to want to come and play alongside of Giannis because there are plenty of guys in the NBA who would love to team up with him. I think it's all about going out and setting up the right pieces, being able to get someone like I've been saying, someone maybe like a Chris Paul. I've heard the way, they're like, trying to trade him everywhere. I've I heard of names like Bradley Bill, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I think there I think there's some other guys out there who are in a situation that they're not necessarily happy in that if the money's right, I'm sure that they would love to come play alongside Giannis. So I think that the Bucks can get some type of trades done. And I think it would probably come at expense of guys like Chris Middleton, possibly leaving guys like possibly Brooke Lopez. I know that they have looking for trades for Eric Bledsoe. So if you're able to, you know, be able to get some of some aspects or some, some, some money, obviously, out of what you can trade for. I think that they can get some of those top-tier guys to come and play alongside Giannis. But me personally, like I've been saying, he's going to stay in Milwaukee. The reason why I don't agree with you is because nobody wants to go play in Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? That's not a top-tier market. That's going to be tough to get a superstar to go to. I think that Giannis is a very loyal guy at heart, but after seeing the way that these superstars have moved around, it's insane. Like LeBron went to the Lakers. I never saw that happening. He went back to Cleveland. He went to the Heat. Paul George went to OKC. Kawhi is in LA now. Kevin Durant went to Golden State. I think that the players all have something in common and they're controlling their fate. I think Giannis is tired of losing. I think Giannis is tired of being the MVP and not having anything to show for it. I just think that he wants way more for himself and way more is leaving Milwaukee. That's just how I see it. And him playing alongside somebody in Damian Lillard, he's going to a situation where somebody is ready to win. They're right there on the brink of winning. They just need that assistance. You know what I mean? So I, I really highly doubt, like it's a very slim chance that he stays in Milwaukee. And I think he deleted everybody just to clear his mind. Not to feel any pressure, just, you know, recalibrate, get himself together and just be in a space where he wants to make this decision on his own and he doesn't want to feel any pressure. He probably damn near deleted the app, to be real with you, after he deleted everybody, if you want to keep it 100. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen because I heard you say no one wants to go play in and Milwaukee. Yeah. But there was a point when nobody wanted to go play in Cleveland until a guy named LeBron James came along. Well, he's from so, Ohio. I mean, we understand that. I mean, Greek freak, he's from Greek. But, I mean, obviously, NBA's not over there. So, hey, I'm here. So, my imprint is, is, is stuck in Milwaukee. So, even though I'm not from here, I've given y'all my blood, my sweat, 
my tears, yeah. my hard work. So what I see happening in Milwaukee is what LeBron couldn't do the first time. LeBron had to leave, go somewhere, get championship experience, and come back and be able to deliver. I think Giannis is going to stay. They're going to be able to get talent to come alongside of him, and then he's going to be able to deliver. That's what I see happening in Milwaukee. Well, Troy, I'm going to let you have that, even though I don't agree with you. I know, I know you got a couple of important sources, too. So we'll just see, brother. You know, I'm, I'm relying on you to, to pull through on this one, even though I don't agree with you. And, and that's the, good thing about, the good thing about this is you're not going to always be right, but sometimes your opinion has to matter and it has to stick, and that's what I stand on. So, I mean, we'll see if it happens, but I'm confident it will. And the best part about this is your opinion always matters to me. This is why we're here. You know I appreciate you, my brother. I appreciate <laughs> you. Yo, so then Tony chucked the deuces on Houston. Oh, man. He hit him with the... <laughs> you mm. feel me? Like, he, he said, you know, me and Laurel, we're out of here. I'm good. I'm a dip before y'all clip me <laughs> because I see it coming. And I think that that was the right move for Dan Tony. He needs to go on vacation. He needs to relax. He needs to readjust his system. Because the system he has, it produces a lot of points, but it's just hard to win with. I think this is going to be good for Dan Tony. And whatever situation he goes to, I'm not even really going to throw a team out there. He just needs to be in a situation where he's open to readjusting, trying new things, and where he really feels he has a chance to win. That's just how I see that. Yeah, on top of having you know two of the best transition players, when you talk about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. talk about MVP talent, talk about being able to be prolific scorers. But I think the thing that didn't work for Houston is, one, the small ball aspect or micro ball, as they like to call it. I don't think that that was going to be a strong suit for the Houston Rockets, especially going up against the teams like they were, in particular the Los Angeles Lakers. But I think the running gun, I think the live and die That's by the tough. three ball. I think that that I think that that is great for a great three point shooting team. If you're talking about the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors, that might be tremendous. Perfect. But but when you talk about having your guy, I mean, obviously James Harden, yeah, that's great. And even Westbrook, he's not a tremendous three-point shooter. I think that that's a tough system to live by, obviously living and dying by the three ball and playing small ball. So I think Mike D'Antoni did the best thing. I think his run there was long overdue. And obviously just because you have superstar talent doesn't mean you're going to always be able to win. I think that it takes more than just – having guys like James Harden, guys like Westbrook saying, hey, go out there and deliver. You have to develop some type of suit that fits well, and I think Houston really struggled with that. But there's a lot of other guys out there looking to get coaching, and one for me, I would love to see the Houston Rockets go get Chauncey Billups. I think when you oh, talk yeah, about – Oh, yeah, I did see you throw that out there. Yeah, I, I would love to see – especially when you see guys like Mr. Steve Big Nash. Shot. When you see guys like Steve Nash, who's a, a Hall of Fame point guard, getting guys like – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, yeah. I would I would love to see a finals MVP and an NBA champion be able to take on the role and get guys like a James Harden and guys like a Westbrook. And I think he'll actually have a voice sometimes that these players actually have to sit back and understand, like, he's been in this position before. Mm-hmm. He's actually won a ring. He's been a finals MVP. So there's some substance to what he's saying, and that's no shade to Mike D'Antoni, but, I mean, we've never seen him win a championship. We've seen him have all-star talent. We've seen him have MVPs on his team. 
we've never seen him be in that position before. So I think Chauncey Billups would be a good fit on top of a lot of other guys out there who, who are still looking to get coaching jobs. Yeah, I, I really like that Chauncey Billups aspect as well, too. And it's good that you bring him up because when we even think about to the times back where he was playing, he was one of those guys that were underappreciated. You know, Always. like Kemble, Kemble Walker, John Wall, Bradley Beal. There's certain guys, Mike Conley, there's certain guys that we take for granted, even though they're winners. Now, I take for granted everybody I just named obviously didn't win. But I think Chauncey Billups, was def- we definitely took him for granted. One of the best free throw shooters we've ever seen. You know, and, and I seen a post uh, just yesterday. Tell me what you think about this. If the new Heat right now are just like the uh, considered to be like the 04 Pistons when the Pistons won the chip. How you feel about that? I mean, oh, you don't like that. <laughs> you don't I mean, like that. It, it, it sounds good, but I mean, when you talk about Chauncey Billups, when you talk about Rick Tayshon, Hamilton, Tayshon, she, Big Ben, Lindsey Hunter, Lindsey Hunter, you know what I mean? Legendary coach Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean that that's that's a tough team to to put yourself in a conversation with because again, a lot of people wrote them off, especially going oh, up yeah. against a team like Easy. the Los Lakers. Angeles Lakers, yeah. Kobe and Shaq. I mean, you had Carl Malone, you had Gary Payton, but they were a little bit past their prime. So I think, you know, that's a tough conversation to to be to put your team in, but I think that it's not far fetched. Okay. I do think if Miami Heat could do what they need to do in this series going up against Boston and find themselves in the finals. I think that that's that a good com- situation. I think I think that's a good uh, conversation to put the Miami Heat in as far as comparing them to to the old four Pistons. Okay, I like that too. Now down to our favorite favorite part of this segment. Tell me what's <laughs> on your mind. So many things. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, Troy. The NFL is back. It is. This past Sunday, the NFL had the most black quarterbacks start in, this, in season open history, right? Mm-hmm. Ten quarterbacks to be exact. I'll give you all of their names because they deserve their flowers. We have Cam Newton. We got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell West. I'm sorry, <laughs> Russell Wilson. I'm sorry. Teddy Bridgewater, Dak Prescott, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Murray. I mean, listen, that's a solid 10 to roll with. All 10 of them deserve it. And it's, it's the return of the quarterbacks, the black quarterback, man. Like, years, years ago, obviously before me and you were around, they just wouldn't allow, wouldn't allow blacks to play that position because that's the position of power, most protected part on the field. You know, and just to see so many black men be in that position is uh, it's a blessing, man. I, I love what they're doing in the NFL, and black quarterback is back, baby. Yeah, it is, man. It's, it's history in the making, and, you know, when you see some of those names on that list, when you see guys like, obviously, Patrick Mahomes just getting just signed a big deal, big mega deal, over big 500 deal. million. When you see Deshaun Watson, who just signed a big contract extension. When you have young talent out there like Kyler Murray taking the league by storm. When you have guys like Cam Newton, who's kind of been written off, but now is able to come back and rejuvenate himself with the Patriots. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, MVP, Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson, you know, MVP champion, Dak Prescott looking to get his money, his franchise tenure. So I think, I mean, it's just history in the making, being able to see these guys not only play in the league, but be able to dominate the league. And I think that it's great that, you know, that they're getting the, their credit and just do. And I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys progress as the season go on. I'm definitely looking 
to see how Cam handles things in the Patriots. I know that those are some tough shoes to fill coming in behind mm-hmm. Tom Brady, but he's ready to take on the it. job. And, yeah. and as you can see in week one, they went home with a victory and Tom Brady's well, only one so far. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because all of that pressure that they put on Cam Newton, I noticed that Cam Newton had put out a video a couple months ago. It was Victor Cruz, OBJ, Todd Gurley, and Cam. They touched on so many different great topics. And you could just tell Cam Newton, he felt a sense of disrespect. Like, they forgot about him. You know, he feels like they threw him to the side in, in the Carolinas. I didn't recognize he was there for what? Like, how long he was there? Maybe nine or ten years, I believe. He was there for a long time. He was there mm-hmm. for a minute. And um, I'm happy for Cam because he's he's hungry. I feel like he's going to do what he has to do. And as long as he doesn't worry about filling Tom Brady's shoes and just do it the Cam Newton way, he's going to be good. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. When you and I, I don't want to piggyback off what you said as far as that interview when you look back at Cam when he was talking with OBJ. Yeah, that interview was a one. Ty Gurley. Yeah, you guys should check that out. But I think one thing I took away from that interview is when he said, "I understand who I'm coming in behind, and I understand the legendary history behind it. I get all that. But mm-hmm. one thing I had to tell Coach McDaniel's is you're going to be mm-hmm. able to do some things that you've never done before. Right. You're going to be able to draw with some me. plays that you've never been able to make happen before with yeah. me." And we saw that in week one. We saw him rush the ball numerous times. We saw him have a rushing touchdown. We saw him run for almost 70, 80 yards. So I think that, you know, you, those are things you're not going to be able to do with Tom Brady. And I think that they understand that and they're making just do and they're utilizing what they have in this skill set with a guy like Cam Newton. Now, I don't think he's going to stay with the Patriots long term. I think that they're oh, using man. this as – they're using this as an exposure, allowing mm-hmm. him to see that, allowing other teams to see that he is still someone who people should pay attention to. This is someone that we all looked over and passed. And like Cam said, I remember looking at the, the season list and who we was playing and looking at this team like they passed me up. Looking at this mm-hmm. team like they passed all of them. me up. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's coming in with that mentality knowing that. And, you see, and it's frustrating. You see guys after the game trying to fight him, grabbing his chain off, all type <laughs> yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's People don't want to see you win, especially yeah, when everybody done like, already yeah. wrote you off. So I think it, I think it's, it's tremendous how Cam Newton has decided to, to come back. And, again, it is only week one, so we can't get too happy. But this just goes to show that it, I look at this situation no different than how people were trying to do Carmelo in the league. You know, mm-hmm. Carmelo had his circumstances. They wrote him off quick. Going, but they tried to write him off, and you just saw him be a leading catalyst in the Portland Trailblazers making the playoff push mm-hmm. that they had. So I think that you have to you have to understand that just because someone's down don't mean that they're going to be there forever. And Cam Newton's is showing that he's not going to be one to fall to always being down. I think he's going to quickly build himself back up. Well said, my brother. Now, speaking of writing people off, is Tom Brady washed up? <sighs> it's only know, game man. one. I don't, only know. Game I, one. I don't think we could get too excited. One, one thing I had to understand is you can't you can't write off greatness. No. And Tom and, and Tom Brady has proven to be just that. Absolutely. And so so are there like maybe some, you know, maybe pregame jitters? Maybe. maybe are there maybe yeah. a little maybe still a little rust? Of course. But do I think that he's done? No. 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 That's I don't the last thing he is. Done. I don't think that he's done. Now, I think that they have to go back to the drawing board after week one and say, okay, we have to make some adjustments. This didn't work for us. This isn't suitable. You have to understand, when, you, when you've been with the Patriots so long, you find yourself knowing how to adapt on your own. But when you're in a new circumstance with new people, new coaches, new teammates, you have, we have to figure out how we're going to all do this together. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and we understand that Tom Brady is going to be the leading catalyst for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you have to find a way to get those other guys implemented. I saw, you know, Leonard Fournette, he's there. I want to see him be a little mm-hmm. bit stronger in the backfield. Rob Gronkowski, I know he's coming out of retirement. He had himself a very quiet game one. So, you know, being able to get those type of guys implemented and get the offensive going, I'm sure that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to pick things up as the season progresses. Yeah. I can't, like you said, that's that's a good line. You can't write off greatness. I mean, he knows what pressure is if 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 anyone does. And to start off 0-1, it could be some stat for Tom Brady, but it's one game. If anybody knows anything about sports, you can't get excited about one game. We've seen LeBron lose mm-hmm. plenty of game once and just revamp the situation and the other team doesn't win anymore. You know what I mean? So it's it's one game. Just charge that to the game. That's how I see it. Uh, and I have to – while we're on the topic of football, I have to acknowledge my Detroit Lions who, oh boy. for some reason, seems to can never get over this fourth quarter hump. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we were up 23 to 6 with three minutes left in the, in fourth? the third quarter. And three oh, minutes third, left okay. in the third quarter. And uh, going into the fourth, we, we just – we bumped it. it. We bumped it. And not to mention a, a drop pass by uh, Swift, DeAndre Swift. Drop pass for him in the end zone. Basically a game-winning touchdown, if you if you want to be frank. You know, I, I'm just I'm just so hurt at my team that we continue to have <laughs> – we just continue to have this – we just continue to have this fourth-quarter lapse and to, to, have, to be up 23-6 to six and to lose the game 27-23. to 23. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. And I think Coach Matt Patricia, he has to, he has to do better. He has to do better. And we understand where you came from. We understand the Patriots, the history, and everything that they did. But when you join a new team, that becomes the past. Quickly. So you being, you being with us now in Detroit, we want you only as good as your, as your last gig. So mm-hmm. it was great what you did with the Patriots. But since you've been with the Lions, we haven't won ten games. Like. So we, we need we need a little bit more productivity coming out of Detroit, man, especially as far as the Lions. So uh, de- definitely want to see my guys get it together. And big shout-out to Adrian Peterson. He's back in the league. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's holding it down in Detroit. Yeah, you know, Matthew Stanford, he, was, he, he had a pretty solid game. But we need to get it together, Detroit, and it starts on a defensive end. You know, when, when I hear that pain that you're talking about, you sound like a New York Knicks fan. Oh, and I man. do feel – oh. I know. I, I didn't even really mean to put you in that category, but mm-hmm. that pain, the look on your face right now, it just reminded me of a New York Knicks fan. So I'm not <laughs> going to tell you I know how you feel because I'm not a Knicks fan and I'm from mm-hmm. New York and I think mm-hmm. the Knicks are weak. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But damn, I'm sorry you feel that way, brother. I hope the Pistons could do something. I mean the Pistons. I'm sorry. I hope the Lions could do something for you because Both y'all need to be in the <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see how it, easy it this came out. <laughs> you said it. You said it right. You said it right. We need both of them I mean, to do something, you man. Do, you know, uh, maybe change the logo or something. I don't know something. I don't, I don't know. But y'all definitely I mean, need to do better. We get it together. Don't worry. Now, there's so many people that are going crazy about LeBron's suite in the bubble. Mm. The man has at least three or four TVs in there. Mm-hmm. It looked like an amusement park. I just want to go over there and kick it for the day. What's his name? LeBron James. Oh. I said LeBron James. Okay. We ain't talking about Jared Dudley or like somebody, are we? Oh, Austin Rivers. 
Oh, uh, I mean, I ain't home, oh, man. Yo, wait, 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 wait. I mean, he gets he gets a little oh, bit of a more oh, pass. He gets a little bit more of a pass because his dad is Doc Rivers. You know what I mean? And, Yo, listen, know, listen. Scratch, scratch all that. Okay. When Austin Rivers smacked the ball at LeBron's head and LeBron pulled up for the smoke, Austin said, "Listen, I'm sorry." He said, "I'm good." And LeBron, what LeBron do? You know that's LeBron's favorite to show the shrug. He said, "All right." Oh, but LeBron, don't, 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 don't do that. He said, "I've been in the gym." He said, "I've been in the gym." If you Come on, come on. Just come on, don't do Brian, don't do that. Don't 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 try. I want to see all right. If that I want I want to see Brian <laughs> had that energy. Him. Hold on. Where was, was Jake Brian? Crowder? Where, no, no, no. Brian didn't have that energy for us. When Russ was barking and was doing all that, he Brian was sitting there cheesing. Because you he know like, Russ is with the smoke. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I mean, come on, dude. It's Austin Rivers. Austin Russ almost took talk. Rondo's brother and threw him into the parking lot. And honestly, I feel like that was a little bit out of line on Russ's behalf. It was a little spicy. He could have come. I feel, I feel like in that situation when you know you're about to lose to. He was just got, heated. He was tight. You got, he the, was tight. you got the starting point guard on the opposing team's brother yeah. in the stands calling you trash. Yeah. I mean, it does, it, does, it does hurt a little it bit. It hurt the ego a little, a little bit because he was going yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It does hurt the ego a little bit. But um, you know, to get back on topic as far as what we were talking about, I think uh, LeBron James, it's LeBron James, bro. I mean, he's he's yeah. gonna have he's gonna he's have, gonna have what he wants. He's gonna have yeah. the best luxury that he can have. I mean, they're gonna treat him like uh, a king, the king. <laughs> so what do you expect? They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna treat him like that. So I mean, that doesn't come as any surprise. So I mean, LeBron continue to enjoy the suite. Again, you only can watch one TV at a time anyway. So. <laughs> He got the TV in the kitchen by the wall. It was TVs everywhere. I mean, I'm not mad at him. I'm a TV guy anyway, so if I could have had my crib looking like that, I would have did it too. But I just need you really to walk me through this situation. Our boy John Wall, he's been he's been injured a few times, mm-hmm. right? To the point where it's like we're just eager to see him get back. And unfortunately, there was just a video of him, you know, throwing up some gang signs and you know, with with some blood affiliated guys, and um, it didn't touch the culture well. It, it wasn't the best video, but he did, you know, put up an apology saying that you know he knew that wasn't the best situation he should have put himself in. And I'm just throwing it out there just to say, you know, John, we wanna we wanna see you back on the court. We wanna see you in a positive light. And you know, timing is everything. Drew Brees said something crazy at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. You know, so timing has the ability to take people out. Not saying that this is that situation, but I'm just saying the principle is timing. And uh, we just want you to do positive things for our culture. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to see you back on the court. Um, one, one thing I want to always always acknowledge is I respect people who represent where they come from. I respect people who still acknowledge their hood and where they grew up and the place mm-hmm. that made them who they are. Right. But I think there becomes a time and a place where you have to know that it should be on and it should be off. It should be on. Or- and I think that this was a time where John Wall learned that he had it on when it should have been off. Been off. And especially with the climate of what we're going through with trying with the social injustice and and fighting for right right treatment and equal treatment, I think that that kind of becomes a slap in the face when we're on camera and we're throwing up gang signs and we're throwing up flags, but then we're still supposed to say black lives matter. I think it becomes hypocritical. And I think a lot of times when things like that happen, 
it kind of becomes a step back from the progress that we're trying to make to go forward. And one thing I can respect is John Wall acknowledging the fact that this was something wrong. This was something that he shouldn't have did and he had a wrong judgment. And he acknowledged that. And I think as a man, that's always the best thing you can do. You can do is acknowledge where you're wrong. Now what's going to show if he really means it or not is how he carries himself moving forward. So like you said, John Wall, we want to see you get back in the gym. We want to see you continue to work. And we hope to see you back out there on the court. As we know, your team has struggled over the last handful of years. Mm. Well, not handful, over the last bad. couple of years without you being there. Mm. So I think, you know, that that should be your main focus. And, you know, what you do in your spare time, let that be your spare time. You know, one thing my mom has always taught me, WWW stands for World Wide Web. And once it's mm. out there, I mean, it's out there. Ain't no so taking it back. Make sure you ain't no taking it back. So you have to make sure you carry yourself in a presentable manner, especially right now in the climate of the things that we're going through. Yeah, nah, that's that's fact. And I think the, the biggest part to it as well is just taking ownership for it. That's the biggest thing. Like when you take your accountability, people can address you in a certain way, you know, as opposed to you putting yourself in a situation and acting like you knowing what you're doing isn't wrong when you know it is, you know? So yeah, John, we, we, I'm waiting for you to get back on the court because you're definitely one of the premier guards in the league. I remember way, way back when it was not way, way back, but it was Westbrook, D Rose and John Wall. We didn't know which out of the three were the fastest and all of them are lights out. You know, and, transi- so, uh, and transition. Crazy. John Wall is one of the best to get it, get the ball out on the break, finish strong. One oh, of the yeah. best point guards that we see play on both ends of the floor, as far as being mm-hmm. able to score prolifically, but still be able to and get up there some and put your shot off the glass. I mean, yeah. to this day, my favorite highlight tape is John Wall know. in the yeah. in the lockout. My ball is life. The oh, ball the is lockout. Life lockout. Ball is life. Lockout okay. mixtape. He has the best high school mixtape of all. Oh time, yeah, hands down. But oh, my yeah. personal favorite. Highlight tape of all time is John Wall's ball. Is like he was telling everybody, you can't guard me, right? You you can't guard, can't guard me. me. Always you know, and, and we we need to see we need to see that energy come back. And I'm looking forward to him getting back out on the court and hopefully him being healthy. Lonzo Ball is signing with Clutch Sports. Rich Paul is a rich man. Mm-hmm. He got Ben Simmons, AD, Braun. Lonzo. I know there's some John people Wall. that I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, John Wall's with Clutch too? John Wall's with Clutch. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. So do we even really think this representation matters? I mean, I think Rich Paul is exceptional the way he does, but that, to my understanding, this is the third time he switched. Do you really mm-hmm. feel like this matters? Is it a big deal? Um, I think it creates a level of exposure. And obviously, when you talk about clutch sports and some of the guys you name, obviously the biggest being LeBron James. James yeah. When when you when you are in that that realm of of representation, I think that uh, expectations are going to be high. And Lonzo Ball, I think that now being with an agency like this and all the other top tier names that you that you just named, you got to step your game up. And I think that we've seen it in spurts, we've seen it in moments, but I feel like Lonzo has has yet to find himself comfortable in where he feels he is his best at. And I think once he's able to find that and, and to be able to – we know how, how good he could be in transition. We know how good he could be as far as facilitating, especially the guys like Zion Williamson. But I think once he's able to find himself offensively, I think that that's going to really put him in a 
position to be, you know, a, a top tier point guard in this league. And, you know, signing with an agency like Club Sports, that's all the motivation you need when you got guys like Ben Simmons, when you have guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I think that that's all the motivation you need to say, hey, I'm looking to put myself on the level and up there on the pedestal like these guys. And hopefully we'll be able to see it happen. I mean, he has a name. We just need to see the game fit with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Zoe's in a good spot. He's around winners. You know what I mean? So if anything, there's a lot of guys that can mentor him, even though uh, Ben Simmons is close in age with him. And he, sometimes you just need to be a part of a winning brand. And it just it just rubs off on you. So, you know, definitely um, hope he can figure, figure everything out with that and that that pushes him into more success. Breonna Taylor and her family, are, are they they're landing that multi-million dollar suing situation now. The scariest part with the Breonna Taylor situation, as we all know, is her being killed in her home, in the comfort of her home, and her boyfriend shooting back and then being arrested. And after six months of everybody protesting and doing everything to handle the injustices, it seems like justice is finally going to be served. You know, there's no price tag that can be put on her life. I want to make that very clear. And I just want to see that they at least see that this is serious. They're very well deserving of the money that her family is going to get. And no money is going to even bring that comfort back, right? They're just trying to put a Band-Aid on their situation. CNN is doing a great job of, of reporting that. And I just hope Breonna Taylor is fully brought to justice because she's well-deserving of it. I think justice starts with arresting the officers or former officers or whoever who murdered her. I think that's where justice starts. And I think that it's, it's amazing. And I think that it brings just this much comfort to, to be financially compensated but mm-hmm. I think there's no dollar that you can ever put yeah, on, bring, on, on that life, on that, on that beauty, on that human being. And again, I think that justice starts with arresting the people and putting them in jail and holding them accountable because there's no way that this young lady should not be here with us. And unfortunately, it takes situations like this for us to wake up. But now that it's here, we have to continue to do what we can do. And I think it starts with bringing justice for Breonna Taylor. We appreciate, I'm sure the family appreciates the money and I'm sure there's going to be able to help in a tremendous amount of ways, but it starts with justice. The biggest thing for me, uh, right before we leave this topic is I think that something that the cops should be held accountable for, which we were just talking about in accountability is all of the people that they're killing and they're shooting and locked up. I think they should be put in those jails so that they can see that they're examples. You don't want to go where you sent people. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's something that needs to be implemented in terms of the law, because there has to be repercussions for what you're doing. You can't just kill people and go home. That's not how that works. That man was trying to go home as well, too. You know, uh, when we think about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor was in the comfort of her home. I'm, I'm, how much worse can it get? You're not bothering nobody. She's an EMT. You bust down her door with no warrant and shoot and kill her. And then what is what is her boyfriend supposed to do? You're supposed to protect yours. You know, so yeah, they, they need to be held accountable for that and know that if you're going to kill people and you're going to lock people up, if you do anything to put yourself in a bad situation, you're going to be right there with the people that you put behind bars. And, and I think that'll be something to help slow the cops down.
that that are bad cops at least. Justice for Breonna Taylor, justice for George Floyd, justice for Ahmaud Aubrey. I mean, the list can go on and on, and uh, we need to continue to do what we can to bring awareness mm-hmm. to social justice and police brutality. And we just hope that someday our voices will, will be heard and justice and action will be taken. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, guys, I got to give a huge, huge shout out to one of my favorite podcasts out there, All the Smoke, mm. Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes. I see you guys out here in New York City doing y'all thing. I see y'all taking y'all pictures, getting ready to start the season two back up. Steven Jackson has turned into a whole activist for us. Matt Barnes has been patient as his partner. And, you know, me and Troy are big on giving everybody their flowers while, while they're here. And um, we're, we're excited to see you guys back in motion. I know Steven Jackson is coming with that fire. I can only imagine who's going to be coming on this show now, not to even count the people that have already been there. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm very excited for Older Smoke Season 2. That's, that's a good one. They, they, they're nothing but motivation, man. When I watch what, oh, yeah. what Stephen A, Stack 5, and Matt Barnes are doing, it, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me focused. And I love how how real they are. There's no hand up their back telling them what to say or how to feel or what to do. It's unfiltered. They want to enjoy themselves, kick their feet up, blow an L, have a drink, mm-hmm. and talk and talk about what they know. They do that. And I think it doesn't get any more authentic to ne- than that. So I love to see what they're doing. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing them dropping some new episodes. Absolutely. Well, you guys, y'all know the drill. Rob Bruin, Troy Rose, NBA Prospects, and the Believe in Podcast Network. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Pick Your Poison. We are on all streaming podcast platforms. We appreciate y'all tuning in and enjoy the rest of y'all day. Continue to believe, my babies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.